0: Conzano, I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more, and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence.
1: Welcome to The Baldcast. A production of John Conzano's Baldface Truth.
0: Our next guest is a fantastic source, particularly when it comes to riding on baseball, for 32 years, Mark Gonzalez has been a Baseball Writers of Association member. He has uh, covered baseball, among other things. He wrote a great piece on the farewell to the Pac-12 for Baseball America. He's joining us now. Uh, Mark, really nice job on
1: that. Thank you. I uh, really got emotional toward the end, uh, just wrapping up the story, just you know, recollecting on all the conversations I had with so many great people that have served in the conference in baseball and my own personal observations uh, going back to my first game in 1971 and then covering Stanford in 1988 when the, won the World Series title. Uh, just a lot of great memories throughout the conference. And to see it end, uh, it's going to be a sad day.
0: Yeah, these teams, especially baseball in the western part of the United States, uh, have, you know, Mixed it up over the years. Um, when you think back to the memories you have, let's go back to that first season you're talking about. You know, and you go back that far. You know, what do you remember of the conference early on when you started covering it?
1: Well, you know, ASU had came onto the scene in the early '80s, but it was so competitive right off the bat. And you know, you look at when they ASU and Arizona joined the conference, they won World Series titles you know, right off the bat, and so it, it, they, they took notice right away. Uh, they're going to be a force, and then, you know, USC held its own for a while, kind of slipped by, and then Stanford came on board, and and to win, you know, consecutive national titles, uh, some people at Stanford told me at the time that was probably the greatest athletic achievement in school history. Now, you can argue their, their Rose Bowl wins in 70 and 71, but uh, what Coach Mark was did during that time was remarkable. Then you, you know, we can get into the players, you know, the Maguires, the Bonds, odomi McDowells, you know, Cal, you know, Jeff Kent, uh, Stanford with Messina, Stan Spencer, who's from Vancouver area. Uh, everybody was just loaded. UCLA, too. I've got Gary Adams. Uh, you know, he didn't have the greatest record, but he could recruit some great players. So uh, it was a heavyweight, heavyweight match every weekend.
0: Yeah, we're talking about, you mentioned in the piece, Reggie Jackson at Arizona State, certainly uh, Barry Bonds at Arizona State, Trevor Hoffman at Arizona, Messina, Jeffrey Hammonds at Stanford, Randy Johnson at USC, uh, Tom Seaver, uh, people may not remember at USC as well, but uh, more than 100 active major leaguers come from the Pac-12. Um, in your piece, you know, you quoted a variety of people. As you kind of went around and talked to baseball people about the pac-12 you know did you get a general sentiment of how you know even people that have connections to some of the departing schools feel about it
1: yeah it, there's there's a, a sense of uh, sadness I think throughout uh, the programs to, to some degree you know John savage had a terrific recruiting class uh, he's pretty much gung-ho about that I understand it but you know, we'll see after a year when you're doing all the traveling, uh, dealing with the elements in the Midwest, which, you know, I'm familiar with, haven't lived there uh, for 18 years. So, uh, but the prevailing thought is it's sad that it came down to this. Uh, It it is a sign of the times. I'm not sure. I'm not sure we'll ever come close to uh, reviving what it stood for, for, for the last, you know, 50, 60 years. So, um, it's It's going to be a sad day. You know, May 25th, uh, conference championship game at Scottsdale Stadium. I plan to be there, and it's going to be a sad day.
0: Mark Gonzalez with us. He had a great piece for Baseball America today. I tweeted it out. Give it a look if you are somebody who cares about the Pac-12, certainly cares about baseball. How do you think, you know, you mentioned You know, one of the programs. How do you think the Pac-12 programs that are departing How does this change them when they start playing teams in other parts of the country or traveling to the Big Ten, or does it change them at all in your mind?
1: I think it'll really change some schools. Uh, I'm very curious to see what the the Southern California schools, how they fare uh, in the Midwest, especially in February and and, and March. They they probably won't go there in February, but March and early April for sure. And, you know, I always had a scout once tell me that the be careful – Uh, when you're scouting kids that come from Southern California and go uh, to the Midwest East coast, it's a tough transition for them. Takes Mm. them a while. And then, you know, your kids are going to be missing a lot of school too. I'm not sure if there's a system that's going to be set up to where uh, you have a system where kids can study while they're back there. Or if you play back to backs and do what like the 49ers used to do, they play back to backs on the East coast and just stay out there. Same for the, East Coast football teams, and they come to the West Coast and have uh, consecutive games on weekends. So um, there's a lot to be resolved there. Uh, uh, Certainly the same applies to the Oregon and Washington schools, but those kids are used to playing in uh, cooler elements. So uh, we haven't even talked about Stanford and Cal. I think that's even a a greater task with an extra time zone to contend with.
0: Yeah, I I always wonder about kids who maybe grow up on the West Coast, Mark, that want their parents want to see them play we don't think about it as much with football but i think that you know in baseball families those are families that have traveled all summer all spring to see their kids play and i just don't know if kids going to stanford or cal if their families are going to go okay let's go play an acc schedule and travel across the country does that come up as a factor in recruiting at all
1: yes i think it does you know i, I watched uh a few games when I moved down here last May, and I noticed that, uh, you know, a couple of USC parents would uh, get an uh, Airbnb house and, and, and hang out for, for, you know, five, ten days because after they played U of A, uh, they came up to Scottsdale for the tournament. It was very convenient to just hang out there, but, you know, we're talking uh, different time zones, different mileage and all that. Uh, it's, it's a different landscape, and I, I'd be curious to see how, how many parents travel even close to what they used to travel because heck in the old six pack everybody was almost within an hour hour and change of each other so it was easy for parents to to, uh, travel and see their kids play away.
0: We're talking to Mark Gonzalez he's covered baseball for the better part of three to four decades he had a great piece for baseball America uh, posted today. Mark uh, think back in your time covering this conference Best two or three players you ever saw play in person?
1: Wow. Uh, you know, it's funny. I thought, and a few other people agreed with me, that they thought that Odb McDowell was better at that time than Barry Bonds. That's how loaded that outfield was at Arizona State. Um, I was lucky as a kid to see Steve Busby pitch for USC at Santa Clara in a, in a district, district 8 game. Uh, I also saw Mark Pryor throw. A three-hit complete game against U of A in, in 2001. Uh, so many good players. You know, I, I covered Messina, too at Stanford. He was he was pretty good. Uh, Hall of Famer, of course. Randy Johnson was a little raw at the time, but he got it together eventually. But you know, the fastball was there. So, you know, and the other thing too is, and John Savage pointed out to me, look at all the great two-sport athletes that have played. In this conference, especially in baseball, I mean Jackie Robinson, John Elway, to name two. You know, UCLA's had had quite a few too. Uh, USC going back to the the, the 70s. And, you know, here's a great trivia question: Who hit the first homer at Dato Field? It was hmm. Anthony Davis. Hmm. That's how that's how loaded schools were. You know, Larry Reynolds, the famous agent, baseball agent, he played football and baseball at at, at Stanford. So there's uh, a Ray Anderson, the former AD at ASU, who played at Stanford and excelled in two sports. So, I mean, we can go on and on about this.
0: You know, Mark, um, you know, as a fan who might want to see games this spring, where would you advise people to go if they want a taste of the final offering of the Pac-12? Is it as simple as being there at the conference tournament, or are there a couple series that jump off the schedule at you?
1: Well, uh, I'm lucky down I live in Arizona because you have all the college tournaments down here. And I know Oregon State's uh, well entrenched and surprised. So you can catch them there, then head over to to uh, Phoenix Community. ASU is opening up against Santa Clara same weekend. USC is here playing BYU, Grand Canyon, my employer, and Ohio State. You know, U of A is at home, I believe, at the same time. So uh, to start off this Started off this weekend's got a lot down here, but then uh, once you get in the conference play, boy, it's you—you you can pick a lot of series. You know, we haven't even mentioned the Beavers, and they're—they're they're the favorites, and rightfully so. So, um, it's just—it's just—it's just sad that it's uh, going to break up after this. But you know, that's the way things are in life sometimes.
0: Mark Gonzalez with us, Baseball America. Mark, um, Oregon State—you know, multiple national championships with Pat Casey. Mitch Canham now facing a future that, you know, is going to have Oregon State play as an independent. How is that being greeted in the baseball world? Can Will they be able to pull
1: that off? I think they will, and I'll say this because of the fan base, the way that that program's been cultivated into a power. First with Pat Casey, and then he's, he's in my conversation, when he was very pleased with the way uh, uh, Canham's really promoted the program and talked about Oregon State, just Oregon State, and not the fact they play in the conference, that Oregon State can stand on its own. And then you look at uh, the ballpark they got. It's very uh, cozy for a, for a home team, and, you know, they host the regionals there. So that goes a long way. So um, I think they can sustain it for a while. I mean, it, it's a national program. And when you win, you know, three national titles uh, in, what, 15 years or so? I mean, that's that says a lot.
0: Yeah, I think, too, that in baseball it's a little easier to pick up a series here or a two-game series there, and, you know, if Oregon State can continue to play Stanford and play Cal, play UCLA, play Oregon, suddenly you you can piece together a schedule that works, and because strength of schedule is so important, you know, that, that will help teams uh, to play them. And so, uh, you know, as long as they can stay uh, relevant, I think they can pull it off. Um, I'm also hopeful maybe like you mark that someday this all gets put back together is anybody talking about that when you have these conversations do they say hey maybe football splits away or is everybody just kind of focused on what is happening right now
1: i think right now the the, the hope of of getting things back together regionally kind of kind of pie in the sky right now i think everybody's curious to see how this plays out but i think if uh there are some problems which, which happens in the future. Then I think that you could see uh, a lot of these schools you know, galvanize. I really do think so because uh, they realize that travel is going to be an issue, missing class is going to be an issue. It just seems like there was a lot of great camaraderie uh, among the West Coast coaches, even though they were rivals. It seemed like they were they were out to look out for each other for the greater good of, of conference play to represent the West Coast, represent the Pac-12, uh, that goes a long way.
0: Oregon State projected by Baseball America as the top team, Stanford, UCLA, USC, and Oregon, all in the top five. Mark, I love what you're doing. Are you having fun? You've moved to Arizona from Chicago. Are you having fun seeing good weather and some good baseball?
1: Yeah, it's it's 64 right now and sunny as we speak. I'm going to go to three games this weekend, you know, watch BYU and USC, uh, Grand Canyon, USC, you know, Ohio State's in town, under our new coach, Bill Mazzello. uh, Michigan's out here with uh, Tracy Smith, who used to be at ASU. A lot of good baseball down here, and the weather's good so far, so I'll keep my fingers crossed that that's going to continue.
0: Give me an idea. Like, when, how did you fall in love with baseball? And, and uh, you know, I think it's the hardest beat – because of the travel and the grind over the years. But, you know, you did it, Chicago Tribune, among other places. You know, what, where did you get the bug for baseball?
1: Well, I think, uh, you know, growing up in Santa Clara, our Little League, Briarwood Little League, went to the uh, Little League World Series championship in 1969, and uh, Carney Lansford was the best player on that team, and I was fortunate to grow up with his younger brothers, who became number one picks in 78 and 79, respectively, And just being around the game, being around some good coaches, good people. Uh, You know, Mark Langston pitched for a rival high school in my town. So uh, it was a big deal. And and just getting to know people. uh, You know, the college game still, you know, still have a a soft spot in my heart for because of the good people associated with the game, especially on the West Coast.
0: We had Joe Madden on the show. I think it was last week. He was fantastic. I I got to think that a lot of your time with Joe Madden was was spent not talking baseball,
1: talking about other things. You've bugged my phone. <laughs> Have I? You must know. You must know we're talking about cuz Joe and I are all over the place. I mean we you know we can talk about cars or you know the late great Ken Revisa who was a sports psychologist who really had an impact on on Joe's life and certainly uh, Shared some things with me that I've, I've I've treasured and and kept to myself for a while. Uh, Joe's Joe's terrific.
0: He was funny because, you know, we were talking about uh, you know when he was with the Angels, uh, not as a manager, but in that 2001 World Series with Bonds just hitting home runs seemingly every other at bat. I think he's you know he slugging percentage was like 770 for the series, and he said, uh, you know, we thought we could pitch to him. Because he hadn't seen our pitchers, and then he said he hit a ball further than anybody had ever seen a ball hit, and suddenly we went, "Nope, we're not going to pitch to him anymore." Um, you know, what, what are what are your memories of, of you remember covering Madden? What did what did you get out of that experience?
1: I I loved it. I thought it was neat. You know, sometimes his his theme uh, trips where guys dress up kind of went a little too far at times, but his thinking, I I. I went along with it. I understood it for the most part. Sometimes you don't just you don't agree with what a manager does, but you understand the thinking and some of the out of the box stuff. You know, a lot lot was made about him not forcing his players to take batting practice, saving your energy. That was a big thing. Uh, spring training, he seemed to know when to throttle back and then get the guys ready. Uh, at the same time, he would uh, wouldn't be afraid to pull a pitcher in the third or fourth inning. He knew about that quote, ending a decision where, you know, you got to make a move, stop the bleeding, and, and get back in the game. And a lot of times it worked out for him. It didn't go over well with the starting pitcher, but it paid off in the end. And so I, I like Joe. He, his managing kind of kept us on, his to- on our toes, but it, it was very invigorating to cover him for, you know, six, seven years.
0: Yeah, you were, uh, you know, you covered the White Sox and the Cubs, and then you also covered the Diamondbacks for the Arizona Republic. How different... Were the White Sox and Cubs organizations to cover
1: day and night? Uh, White Sox were more, you know, family run. Uh, they didn't really uh, invest heavily in both player development and the big league roster. It was mostly the big league roster. Uh, they were they're very loyal organization, almost to a fault, and that they didn't really go out and fire a lot of people. Uh, nor did they spend a lot on free agents. They seemed to kind of find a way to, to get things done. Many times they fall short, but there was never a dull moment. While the Cubs were, uh, you know, kind of corporately run, except except certain things were uh, Theo Epstein when he came on board. I mean, they they tore it down, stripped it down uh, to its bare parts, and then built back up with you know high draft picks and then free agency. It, it seemed to blend together in 2000. 15 and 16 and then i think uh the lack of a a productive farm system really uh hurt hurt them in the end and and i think it also hurt joe uh in the end not having those young prospects still come up and 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 give you a good starter too they just didn't have that that surplus of depth that they once had
0: mark gonzalez read him in baseball america follow him on twitter gonzo thank you for joining us i appreciate you man
1: thanks for having me on take care
0: All right, there he is from sunny Arizona on the Pac 12 Conference, baseball and more, May 25th. The final baseball game in Pac 12 as we know it history. It'll also be the final, if I'm not mistaken, conference game in any sport on May 25th uh, in Arizona.